From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. So here is an interesting thing that I have noticed over my years of making media. People will tell you about subjects they think are very, very important and that people should talk a lot about and that they care a lot about. But then when you write stories or make podcasts that are about that subject, people tend not to read and listen. And uh, these subjects, uh, these are like the, you know, the good subjects, the, the, the mission-oriented subjects, the responsible subjects, things like, for example, sustainability, how to make your company more sustainable, why that is so important. And uh, it's, it's just true. I'm just going to tell you straight up. It's true. People say it's important. And you do, you see it in survey numbers, but then when you run stories about it, people don't seem to enjoy those stories. And I have a theory about why that is. The theory is because it so often feels like taking medicine. You know, it's like everyone says, yes, these people are doing a good thing and they should get attention for it. But who's reading the stories? Who's actually uh, giving their attention to it? You know, I think oftentimes people don't because they, they either say, oh, well, I know this is a good thing. I know people are supposed to do this. Yes, 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 good. But I already do it, or I'm already thinking about that, or I've already tried that, or that's just not practical for me right now, or I'm just going to read this and then I'm going to feel guilty and bad because I'm not as good and upstanding and morally driven as whoever it is that I'm going to read about. That's what I think people think. And how do we bridge that gap? Well, I don't have all the answers to that today, but I will tell you that that was what was on my mind when I first started talking to this person. I'm Karen Weigert. I'm the director of the Baumhart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility at Loyola University, Chicago. And Karen, well, she has had the conversation about sustainability in perhaps every possible way you can have it. I have worked in all sectors, for-profit, nonprofit, and government, and I have found many ways for sustainability to drive impact. So as an example, I was actually the first chief sustainability officer for the city of Chicago. So anyway, Karen and I connected a little while ago and we were just chit-chatting and I told her that I think the problem with the subject of sustainability is that everybody thinks of it as they're a kind of take your medicine subject, right? Like, yes, I know I need to pay attention to this and think about it, even though everybody understands it's important, or I hope people understand it's important. Most people understand it's important, but that still doesn't make it joyful to consume. It does sometimes just feel like an obligation. And then when you think about, well, how can I be more sustainable? What that often just feels like is thinking austerity. What can I do with less of? How do I just lighten my footprint? And you know, that that doesn't always feel like it's exciting. It can feel kind of tedious and not an opportunity for growth, I suppose. But Karen says, no, 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 no. That's absolutely the wrong way to think about it. There is a ton of opportunity for growth in sustainability. You have to think of sustainability as the opportunity, an opportunity to grow the business, to identify new marketplaces, to attract a passionate team that will stay and grow with you. And so I said, well, you know what? Maybe what we need to do, Karen, is we need to have a good conversation about how to reframe sustainability as opportunity. And she said, yeah, I'm happy to dig in. And I think it absolutely is an opportunity. So that's the conversation we are having today coming up after the break. 
Who doesn't want to do right by the planet? Well, one of the easiest ways is to use paper, and another is to choose products that come in paper-based packaging. Because paper comes from trees, a natural and renewable resource. And here in the U.S., private forest owners carefully maintain healthy forests and their habitats to provide our essential paper products. And those products can be recycled up to seven times. Thanks to innovative design solutions, everyday items from cosmetics to liquid detergents are now using paper-based packaging, making it easier than ever for consumers to do good for the planet. And the same goes for business owners. Choosing paper-based packaging materials is a great way to take the sustainable path forward that also gives back. So choose paper and help America's forests thrive. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com. All right, we're back. So I'm talking with Karen Weigert about how to see sustainability as a business opportunity. And let's just dive into it. When we started, I I laid that case out to Karen. I said, well, look, most people, I think, think of sustainability as uh, it's, it's a mission and they can be passionate about it. But, you know, it often means pulling back or it means um, being kind of luxury. And they may not think of it as the thing that could actually fuel growth. And she says, the world really is changing. And so, yes, we do have to have that backdrop of, yes, there are more storms. In fact, there are more billion dollar storms every year. So we understand that climate is changing. We're also in a world where there's been a pandemic. So people are very aware of air and air quality in ways that they were never before. But what's really interesting is this is driving more and more people to make more and more choices where sustainability is part of why they're choosing where they work and choosing what they buy. And we're also seeing this from many, many companies where they are setting bigger goals around climate, around net zero, and around diversity, equity, inclusion. And they're really saying, we want to grow in these spaces. So I see tons of examples of companies that are building businesses that are about sustainability solutions. And you know, sometimes it's about what do you do with your own company to make your operations more efficient, et cetera. But sometimes it's, there's just a whole new growth space where you can go and develop your organization. And, uh, and if we take that step back, so what are what are some big examples of things that are in the sustainability space? There's lots of just very well-known brands that I would argue are straight up sustainability plays. Tesla is a classic example. Electrification or transportation, it's a straight up sustainability play. If you look at the US economy today, the largest single source of carbon emissions is transportation. Well, if you can electrify vehicles and then ultimately power them on the sun, you just solved that. So there's growth to be had out there. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. And I guess we should probably take them in two because there are companies that are not straight sustainability plays, like the core value prop is not sustainability in some way. And then there are companies that are. So let's start with the ones that are. Let's start with the Teslas of the world. There aren't obviously that many Teslas, but there are lots of companies that are in some way or another either offering something because sustainability is the... Thing that's going to drive consumer interest and, of course, is better for the planet, but also because there's now a world of people who are looking to be more sustainable and they want to be served in different ways. Have you seen anything really smart in the way that entrepreneurs approach this space, trying to identify problems and solutions that they can bring forth? You know, any good business starts by understanding the pain point of a consumer. And this is a space where I think sometimes the pain point feels just so abstract or so complicated that it's hard to figure out exactly how do you place a stake in this and build something meaningful? Well, I I agree with you. Any business is really about solving a problem and finding a profitable way to do it. And uh, there are lots of opportunities to do that today with the economy as it is. 
And, and there's lots to think about down the road. So a couple of interesting examples of folks that I've talked to just in the last few weeks. So one example is I was talking to a woman who's the CEO of her company. Her company's probably eight or nine years old now. And she essentially creates green roofs and green walls and landscape solutions. It's all actually about plants in places where there might not have been plants before. She's got a unique soil mix and she's out there all day long working with the real estate organizations. Now, these green solutions, they provide stormwater capture, which is about some of the challenges that we'll see as the climate continues to change. There are more high-intensity storm events in lots of places. It's also great for pollinators and bugs and critters and all that stuff. What was really interesting, though, is she did a project with a multifamily real estate developer and they created some identical units in a building and some of the units had access to a green terrace outside and some didn't. And the ones that had access to the green terrace sold for thousands more than the ones that didn't and more than recouped the spend. So it was something like a $20,000 spend to add this fancy terrace and they sold for 90,000 more. So great climate benefits, great local benefits, but it's an amenity and she's growing her business. So that's one interesting example. Yeah, that's super interesting. I love that. It reminds me of... I I speak to you from my home in Brooklyn, just a couple blocks away from the Barclays Center, where the New New Jersey... That's a throwback to where the Brooklyn Nets play. And the Barclays Center has like a green roof. Uh, It's it's like grass on the roof. It looks really, really cool. But the value of, I think, what you're saying there is, you know, when you are developing a solution, sometimes the... This is something I hear all the time in mission-oriented companies, which is that if you lead with the mission itself, it sometimes doesn't sound all that appealing because people don't spend money on a mission or maybe they do once, but they're not going to do repeatedly. And so let's say that you make uh, some chewing gum and the purpose of the chewing gum is to raise money for hunger, to solve world hunger, that people might buy your chewing gum once to solve world, world hunger, but they're going to buy again because they like the chewing gum. So you, you really want to put forward that this is good chewing gum. It's going to make your breath fresh and all that stuff. And then, hey, by the way, bonus, we do this thing where we take the money and we put it towards a good cost. And I wonder if sustainability should be thought of in the same way, whereas even something like this, like these these green walls, green roofs, this is done for all sorts of good eco-friendly reasons. I imagine that it lowers the amount that you need to spend on energy heating and cooling a place, for example. But that alone is not necessarily going to drive business. What's going to drive business is that there are all of these core consumer-friendly reasons to do so. It increases the value of a home. It's aesthetically pleasing, et cetera, et cetera. How do you advise that companies think about how they talk about their mission? If we're, if we're talking about companies that are sustainability-oriented, how do they talk about their mission and present it without overdoing it such that it just seems like they're a cause, but not necessarily also a product or service that people really want? With any business, you have to be solving your customer's problem. And so really understanding what it is that you're offering and why it is a solution is the anchor to this. Now, what's really interesting though, is that more and more consumers at the retail level and more and more customers at the business to business level are saying they want solutions related to sustainability. So that's that creates an opening here where sustainability sometimes is the answer. There are many companies, for example, who are making net zero commitments where they want to have zero carbon coming out of their facilities. And so that's why they want you to do it. Now you have to be the most cost-effective when you do it, but you're competing because of sustainability. So sometimes it's it actually, the goal is 100% aligned. A different example... Although although actually before I want to hear your different example, but I just, I just want to 
have you respond to this because I, I always wonder where the line is between what consumers say is important to them and what they're actually willing to spend money on because there's a difference between the two. And certainly everyone says, oh, well, I care about this and that, but are you willing to spend $5 more on your carton of eggs? Because that's what it takes to have eggs come from a farm that's going to have that's going to have free range chickens and so on and i don't see people always putting their dollars where they say they are and so i always wonder if when a company leans really heavily into being mission oriented if that is sometimes just a signal to people of oh this is going to be more expensive and therefore while it aligns with your values it may not actually align with your purchasing decisions We've seen more and more individuals make purchase decisions based on these broader concepts now, in any market, there's always that range. So wh- which one is your customer? And which one do you want to be your customer? That's really kind of the question is, who do you want to be serving and what are they willing to pay for? Increasingly, we're seeing individuals state and then follow up with they will pay. Now, you, know, you have to see what's price sensitivity, how much. But that idea that people will pay a little more is often borne out. Not every case, but is often borne out. And uh, it's increasingly so. And I'd add a, an interesting parallel for this because as we're thinking about sustainability, Part of this is actually about building a thriving company long-term, which gets down to having the right people and being able to innovate and then execute over time. And one thing that I've been looking at is the growth in individuals who are saying that they want to pick where they work based on topics like sustainability. And we're seeing that at a much higher rate in millennials and Gen Z than in older generations. And so if you think about this idea of building your team, and who are you going to attract? What is it going to take to then retain them? This becomes an interesting factor on the inside. Now, what you also need is you need innovation over time. Having a challenge like sustainability or some of the broader questions here does allow people to think differently. And so there are lots of arguments to be made about innovation coming from people who are both engaged and who are thinking about problems. So absolutely, you want to think about how you're presenting at the end of the day to your customer, but you want to make sure you've got that team and that internal culture so that you have something new to present to your customer that's going to solve his or her problem, not just today, but next week and next year. And so there's also this really interesting backstory of how do you think about your team? The team, that is a huge, huge subject. We are going to dig into that after the break. This episode of Problem Solvers is being presented by State Farm. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you are all alone, especially when things aren't going great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know that you are not alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you've worked so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash small business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back with Karen and let's pick it up where we left off. You were teeing up another example. And if you can even remember yeah. what it is, let's, I, I'd love to hear what, what you were going to say. And then we should talk about team. Sure. In fact, I'll give you two. Both the CEOs I talk, I've talked to in the last couple of weeks. So one is the CEO of a company that does essentially reuse. So what that really meant is companies have lots of things that they're not using at a time. And there are other companies that might need to use them. Well, how do you find that? He's building a tech platform that lets companies list what they have as an asset. You know, maybe you've got some lab supplies, maybe you've got some furniture. You don't need it, but it's just sitting in a warehouse. You're paying to store it. But how are you going to move it? Well, his company is creating a platform where you can find out about those assets and get them from other companies. So it's essentially a tech-enabled way 
to then reuse supplies saves you money either on either side if you had it or if you now get to get it for a cheaper rate. So there's one company there just to give you one extreme and then to give you a different kind of company. Now, I was also talking to a woman the other day who's CEO of her company and she's building a smart building platform. So she's in million square foot buildings with all sorts of sensors about the energy used in that building and the comfort of the occupants and what happens in meeting rooms. So you can literally now track the air quality in a meeting room and understand how much energy is being used and what that looks like. And so that smart building tech is now allowing for a different user experience. And as we all think about this world where so many people have not been in buildings and what's going to happen to office buildings, this creates a way for that office to be a higher performing asset, which then uses less energy overall, but can also target in and ensure that that experience is great of the person in the building. And for any service building, your biggest asset is your people. So you actually, any service company, you need great office space. So it's really interesting to have these, these three different examples of, of CEOs who are building their companies. Yeah, those are great and gives a really nice range of the way that people are thinking and approaching it. So let's talk about teams because I think this is actually a nice transition point into that second category that we talked about. Right, We, we yeah. started with talking about companies that are really at their core sustainability companies, their mission, their service, their product, some way or another is about advancing that. But then there's this other category, which is like everybody else who could either make their operations more sustainable or in some way or another embrace this and alter their business accordingly. So look, there's the austerity way of talking about this, which is like, well, why don't you look at the amount of um, waste you produce or so on. But I'm more interested in these more hidden things. And one of them, I would imagine, really is team. So tell me what you mean by that. So I absolutely agree with you. There are lots of different ways to look at it. And I I like to look at it in the frame of, so what's the future of your organization? Who do you want to be and how are you going to get there? And this idea of individuals having an opportunity to choose where they work is one that we're all thinking about. You know, how are we going to find great people? Then how are you going to keep them? And uh, something like 75% of millennials now say they want a job where they feel there's a sense of purpose towards people and planet. So there are studies now that are showing this. And it's, it's going to be a, one of the great challenges for all of us. How do we align? You know, how are you going to get people to say, I'll work for you and not for someone else? And then how does that work over time? And this is where it gets quite interesting in talking to folks who are building purpose-led companies, they talk about having thousands of people applying for their jobs because they're offering career advancement, the skills that you would get in other places, but this broader sense of you're a part of a solution is something that you really care about. And so it's this interesting combination. And uh, I was talking to a different CEO just a few weeks ago, and she talked about the company that she's building. So in her case, you know, she's just raised $52 million, I think, in her latest round. And uh, she absolutely believe she can hire the best team, not just the best individual, but the best team across the board because they've got a growth platform. They've got the technology. They've got a very clear mission and people want to drive that mission and they actually can get the skills and be part of a high growth company at the same time. So it's a differentiator in the hiring and then in the retention. So she's got a dream team as far as she's concerned. This is part of how she got it. And then I imagine that as you bring these kinds of people on... Well, first of all, there is the business case for it. Uh, she's saving money because she's not going to have to constantly onboard and retrain new people, at least not at the rate that maybe other companies do because she's able to attract these mission-driven people and then retain them longer. But I wonder what happens to a company once you've got a team that is all attracted to a particular mission. Do you see that they are able to advance the culture of and mission of a company more because they're 
so committed to it, because they share a common goal, because they are bringing in fresh ideas, because maybe they're willing to think differently about their own jobs and needs in the service of the company. I don't know. What do you make of it? Well, I take a step back. And one of the things is there've been uh, there's a decent amount of research now that companies that are really tightly aligned around a mission and around, in this case, sustainability have outperformed their peers from a financial standpoint. So I think an anchor there is, well, is it driving value? That's what we're all asking you know, when we're thinking about growing companies. And uh, the answer appears to be very strongly, yes, it's aligned with great management. It's aligned with outperforming financial results. So let's start there. And then you back into, okay, well, so how's this happening? And uh, you've got that combination of innovation as well as culture and then attraction and retention. So all of the churn factors are different, but you've really got folks who are executing well across the board. But in any case, I would take the step back and look at, you know, how, so how, what does performance look like? What does excessive performance or outperformance or alpha look like, depending on where you're, how you're thinking about it? And uh, do you get to see that here? And increasingly you do. It's become a very strong proxy for excellent results. Karen, in just our last few minutes, I'd love for you to offer listeners who are maybe at any end of the spectrum of how much they think about this or have taken any action on building it into their businesses about some places that they can start to think about right now. If somebody is attracted to being more mission-oriented, cares about the environment, wants to do more, how should they start thinking about it? It's a big, complex thing. You don't want to just slap a label on something, you don't want to just say, now we're going to start doing this. How should someone begin to start to be more mindful and action-oriented about sustainability? It's a great topic for any company is how I would start it. And uh, ways to think about this are to look at your sector and what are the major impacts that drive your space? You know, do you have a, a manufacturing supply chain? You know, are you in the service space? So it's all about data centers and people. Look at others in your sector who are publicly out there and where are they folks is one thing I would add just to get a sense. But then I would start with actions internally that you actually don't publicize immediately just to get your feet under you because you want to know that you can do something. And then I would go public with what your aspirations are and how you're aligning it. But places that anybody can start. If we look at you know, carbon as one of the huge pieces of sustainability, the big sources of emissions in, in most cities and most places are heating, cooling, operating buildings, and then transportation. Well, all companies have some element of physical presence of buildings and transportation. So how can you reduce your energy use there or switch it to renewables? You know, so that's electrification of your transportation. That's looking at efficiency in your buildings. That's looking at energy, renewable energy as your source. That will often save you money out of the gate. So you get that nice win. Like you've actually saved some money. And then I would also look at the team. You know, maybe there's an opportunity to create an internal sustainability climate or green team, which then helps you build the connections between your employees on something they care about that you are then sponsoring and facilitating. So that gets you benefits of not just the new ideas that they will find, but the idea that they're connected to each other and they're connected around innovating and doing something different. So absolutely look at your sector Look at transportation and uh, real estate, build a team, you know, and then get out there and look at who, at the end of the day, who are your customers and what are they asking for? Many, many companies now have made really big commitments on climate. If that's your end customer, they're going to be coming back through their supply chain looking for the teams that can deliver. And there's more and more transparency and ultimately traceability about everything in a supply chain. So it's better to get ahead of it now and create that opportunity and to be the supplier that they look for or to tell your own story in a way that you gain customers who might not have thought of you as driving a topic that they care about in a way that is delivering an amazing product at the right price and as part of the change that they want to see. Karen, 
really useful, great first steps and a great way to think through the opportunity ahead. Really appreciate it. Great to talk to you. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.